fancy equipment today. No uh, beautiful microphones. Um, I'm actually recording this one from my iPhone, which uh, I've heard other podcasts record from phones. And, you know, this seems to be sufficient, I would say. But I guess uh, I'll find out once I play the audio back and I have to actually go through the editing process. So, yeah, it's Friday here in Guam. Uh, I just want to show you guys some love. Um, last week we did our episode with Matsalik, my good, good friend. Um, and this week, I, you know, it's been kind of busy. But um, I, I think today I just want to respond to a couple of the comments on the page. Um, Dispensa, if you've uh, left a comment on uh, any of the articles on the Native Perspectives blog in the past couple months, I just realized that I actually had to approve them personally uh, before they get published. You know, I'm not trying to censor you guys. Um, there's a few uh, comments there, though, that, uh, you know, don't seem to get what the Native Perspectives uh, blog or even what a native perspective, or what a native perspective is supposed to be, you know. Um, there's a comment here by one John Mesa, uh, who simply states in uh, four words, um, what a biased article. Well, um, I'll be responding to that in this episode, and uh, along with the others. A little, the other comments are a little more composed, and they're more than four, cent, four words. So, um yeah, it should be uh, kind of interesting. But uh, before we get into that, some quick business. Um, the Patreon link or account is still active. Uh, if you want, you can donate uh, for as little as a dollar. Or if you're um, super wealthy and generous, um, maybe even $100 an episode or a month um, to the Native Perspectives uh, project. Um, that's one way to support alternative media um, here in the Pacific um or you know if you don't have uh that ability um please like share subscribe um if you're listening to this on apple uh it really helps out if you uh leave a review on the podcast it helps uh drive numbers and um you know it, it's one way of showing support so i just want to leave that out there um Okay, so this week I put up an article on the blog titled, uh, quote, respect the military, end quote, is what Guam news editors say to themselves when they masturbate to pictures of bald eagles. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, a bit of engagement here. Uh, there were some good comments. Uh, but, I mean, I just want to talk about the intent of this article, first of all. So I was responding to an opinion article written by the Pacific Daily News. And this is, um, you know, their opinion articles are under the, the header, uh, Our View. So those, uh, those articles, the Our View articles, represent the perspective, the official perspective of the newspaper itself, right? And um, I just found this very troubling, um, the article that came out. Uh, uh, please um, read the article. I encourage you to, um, you know, you might hate it like me, uh, but it's really important that um, we pay attention to these things. So read read the PDN article, and then also read the uh, my response on the Native Perspectives blog uh, to really get the full context of this. But essentially, um, 
the PDN was responding to the uh, Okinawan activists that were here on Guam uh, to express solidarity with the Latectan movement and independent Guahan. And, um, you know, at, at um, a couple of engagements, the, the issue of crimes done by military members uh, to the people of Okinawa and the people on Guam uh, were brought up. So the article, the PDN article, is talking about how um, bringing those issues up and using that as a reason for not wanting the buildup was a quote-unquote flawed, flawed logic and just wrong. And, you know, I honestly, I don't think they would understand logic if it smacked them in the face. So, I mean... Yeah, I go into that in the article. Um, if I had to summarize my viewpoint right now, or actually before I do that, I should continue. You know, just okay. I should break it down for you guys a little more. So the uh, PDN's article, the PDN article's main premise is that the crimes of military personnel, no matter how deplorable, I'm reading from the. Uh, my blog entry now, like the group rape of a 12-year-old Okinawan girl, yes, that did happen, or the rape and murder of an Okinawan woman by an ex-U.S. Marine contractor, that also happened uh, pretty recently, actually. Yeah, um, those things should not be discussed or talked about or used as justification for not wanting uh, an increased military presence on Guam. And I just have to ask, why not? Um, their, their reasoning is that, uh, you know, they actually say in the article, like, uh, oh, well, um, people on Guam rape too. They, they do those things too. They commit these high profile crimes. So in essence, it's okay for military members to do these things to, to rape 12 year old girls and, uh, whatnot, because everyone else does it. And, uh, the reason why, um, they feel that way, as they state in the article, is because, you know, Guam's suffering economy uh, needs military consumer dollars to keep our economy afloat. That's uh, the only logic, the only justification that they give for their perspective. Um, they, you know what they don't talk about is uh, the recent uh, protest by Casey Flores outside of Big Navy. Yeah, that that just happened um, this past weekend. That's not even talked about. So, not only is this 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 opinion article, this our view article, might just be in, in poor taste, you know, and just poor timing. They they weren't paying attention to um, to the optics, you know, and by that I mean not just everything uh, visual, but everything that is apparent. And one of those things is the protest, and the fact that this issue is still. Um, a sore topic in the community. Um, just earlier, just a couple months ago, uh, there was that one sailor, right, who was convicted of rape of um, a fellow sailor's wife. And, um, you know, he, he was charged. He was, um, he was found guilty. And then later he used his privilege to, and then also the support of um, other settler uh, members, um, to petition for a retrial and uh you know that 
you would never see that happen. I think with um, if it if it's a uh, a Chamorro or another um, Pacific Islander charged with a uh, with criminal sexual conduct, um, you would never see uh, such public outcry um, for a retrial in their in their case. So I think there's a lot there's a lot there to do with uh, racism and privilege, um, and especially in how the media chooses to treat those people. So that's what I was responding to. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll just read a couple excerpts from the article. Okay. Okay, here, here's, um, here's a quote from the PDN article. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen uh, and marines, they have good jobs. When they aren't working, they volunteer plants. They volunteer to plant trees, repair schools, help their sister villages. My response, yeah, blow me. There aren't enough staged positive PR bus stop paintings and school repair events to cover over the institution's historical and current wrongdoings. What do I mean by that? Um, yeah, I, I was trying to touch on the fact that, um, you know, the PDN just glosses over the fact that, sure, they make the newspaper sometimes because um, they paint uh, murals or clean up sidewalks on the road. But guess what? The, you, do you actually think that they want to be out there doing those things. No, that's their their commanders or, or whatnot saying, you know, we need this PR, we need uh we need some positive press in the papers to um convey to the people of Guam that hey, we're we're not a war machine, we're not part of a war machine. Uh we're here, we're uh, we're active uh, community members and uh we want to do good, you know, the whole one Guam thing. It's all bullshit, man. It's all contrived. Um, those are all just positive press uh, events and things that are constructed to build this public image of the military institution. So yeah, going back, back to the article. The PDN then makes the defense that the paper wouldn't stand for categorizing a group of people as potential criminals because of their ethnic or racial background, and we shouldn't tolerate it based on career choice. My response, this is a weak argument. The whole article sucks really, but come on. The problem of ethnic profiling, which the PDN and other Guahan-based media do anyway, and the military's history of institutionalized rape culture aren't even comparable. What do I mean by that? Ethnic profiling. Um, yeah, so optics matter. Remember that. Okay. Every time you see a magistrate uh, being published in any of the papers, be it the PDN, or the Post, please know that, one, they're doing that because it fills up space in the paper. Uh, and I can say that because I am a former journalist. So it's one, it's a it's content creation device, I guess. It's a space filler. Um, and two, it's problematic because the faces that you see... Um, in the front of these and and the front pages of these newspapers, the people committing these crimes are the ones who are at least uh, given uh, uh, attention by the media are brown faces. They're people who look like you and me. Um, they have Chamorro last names. They have Filipino last names, and um, many times they have um, Micronesian last names. And not not to differentiate between uh, Chamorros and Micronesians because we are certainly you know, I wouldn't want to ascribe to any Western notion of who we are, uh, one in the same. 
I want to say superficially uh, with um, the people of Chuk or Yap or any of the other islands that um, I would situate as outer to Guahan. So, you know, I didn't mean to make a, a, differenti- a differentiation between Chamorro and a, lo- a broader Micronesian uh, community. But yeah, the point being is that uh, um, I think um, race has a lot to do with uh, with these magistrates and um, the media's treatment of brown people, of Pacific Islanders, of people who are non-white. Um, yeah, and that drives... Uh, of course, when you when you see those things, you know, if these uh, these media corporations are, are supposed to be the purveyors of truth and fact, um, and they they're supposed to drive public opinion, then of course, what what's going to happen is that uh, the public opinion of uh, of Pacific Islanders is skewed, and uh, we see it within ourselves. Um, we see it with uh, internalized racism and racism against uh, um, people from Chuk, people from Yap, um, by Chamorros, by Filipinos. Um, it, it really all, it goes, it goes both ways, you know. But, um, you know, why do we feel this way about each other? Why do we have such a negative stigma about, about Chamorros, about Filipinos, about, um, about Chukis? Why do we have these negative stigmas? Do we feel this? Do we feel this inherently within ourselves? Or is it um, public discourse? Is it the media that tells us to feel this way? I think that's a totally separate issue than, you know, not wanting a military, uh, an increased military presence because of, you know, a history of crime. So, I mean... Yeah, I I don't see how they can make that comparison, really. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a totally separate issue, um, and it, it's problematic because you know the military, uh, we see it in the um, you know their marketing campaigns, you know, um, these displays of uh of violence, uh, this contrived notion of uh, what masculine is. And in order to buy into this masculinity, in order to um, be a man, according to the nation state, uh, in order to, yeah, in order to have any, any agency as a man, you have to buy into the military complex, right? Now, I mean, what is it to be, to be masculine in the military sense? You know, you have to kill, you have to fight. And then, you know, how do you... How do they? How does the military treat women? How do they teach men how to treat women? Um, well, I I put up a link in the article talking about the military's history of institutionalized rape culture. Okay, um, this is a huge problem that goes even beyond the colonial setting. And, um, you know, just within this year alone, there, there have been uh, multiple controversies across uh, different branches of the military. Um, yeah, uh, I think in August of this year or even earlier, um, there was a Marines, a Marine uh, Facebook page devoted to um, sharing uh, nude photos of fellow female Marines and even uh, civilians. 
um there's um there have been how many uh commanders um US Navy commanders uh who have been uh and even generals who have been uh, convicted of sexual assault and uh have been um released from from their duties uh because of that just within this year alone and uh let's see I'm going to take a look at this article really quick search measure point on okay here's a here's an infograph on frontline.com I'm sorry on pbs.org on their series of uh, frontline anyway active duty service members reporting unwanted sexual contact defined by the u.s military as rape attempted rape or unwanted sexual touching in 2011 that was 19,000 people who reported unwanted sexual contact 10,700 of those were men 8,300 of those were women in 2012, those numbers grew to 12,100 being women reporting these assault, this assault, these instances of assault, and uh, 13,900 of those have been men. Okay, so it's not just it's not just uh, how the military t- treats tells you how to treat women. Um, it's about or they they tell you how to treat uh, other males also, and um, I don't know. There, there's multiple things going on there with a repressed like homosexuality um sexual un unexpressed um sexual tension and again that goes back to the whole the gender and sexuality thing i mean you know if you know boys grow up watching these military advertisements thinking this is what it means to be men anything other than that is less than masculine um, even if they, you know, maybe they like other dudes, you never know. But uh, because that's not what is conveyed to them as right or correct in a public sense, uh, these things go repressed. I don't know, maybe they want to join the military to impress their fathers um, or to, to come off more like a man than they may actually feel. Um, so they join the military. I don't know. They get into a dorm or some shit in the military academy. Um, some other guys there. And uh, they, they sexually assault other men, too. You know, this happens. Totally happens. So the fact is that, um, you know, rape across or, I mean, even trans. I was going to say transgender. But, I mean, across even beyond the, the male-female binary, rape is a problem, you know. So, what does the military actually do about it? Okay. One reason sexual assault festers in the military is its leadership structure, according to former servicemen and women who have been assaulted in the military and advocates who work with them. In the military, sexual assaults are handled within the chain of command. That means that a victim's commanding officer has the ability to intervene at any point to stop an investigation. Hmm reduce a sentence, or even set aside a conviction. Well, okay, that was from the PBS article. For example, a top Air Force official recently overturned the court-martial conviction of an officer for sexual assault. Lieutenant General Susan Helms hadn't attended the trial and offered no public explanation for her decision, nor is she required to do so. I'll just read another paragraph here. Last year, the... 
Last year, then-Defense Secretary Leon Panetta announced new policies including a 24-7 hotline for military members and a special victims unit dedicated to investigating sexual assaults. He also instituted a required oh, requirement that all unit commanders report sexual assault allegations up to the chain of command so the cases can be handled at a special court-martial level. But there are some weak links in the chain of command. Uh-huh. Of course. So, all right, I want to get into the comments now. I want to start with uh, the earliest one by Gregory Okada. This is a great statement of fact and brings awareness to our situation. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Gregory Okada. I, I appreciate that. That was on the uh, Unincorporated Consequences Strategic Genocide article. Oh, man. That was March. Wow. Okay, that was March of this year. Greg, I uh, I apologize for only getting back to you now, but um, I appreciate your comments. I encourage you to keep uh, paying attention, uh, keep up to date with the blog and and all the, these other projects that we have going on. Thank you, man. Okay. Uh, power privilege and censorship. Okay, so one, two, three, four. All right, so there, there's a, I guess that was a pretty popular one. Um, the uh, power privilege and censorship article uh, that was about the, uh, the military, the Air Force spouse who um, made that GoFundMe page to um, have her and her kids, uh, you know, flown off island. I don't know, maybe she was even expecting like a business class treatment or some shit. But uh, yeah, that was poor taste, you know. And I wrote that article because, I mean, I was offended. Um, and it, it, it's historically insensitive, you know. I mean, I I doubt this lady knows anything about, you know, Guam's World War II history other than, oh, the United States liberated Guam. And we still have liberators to this day. And we should be eternally indebted to the United States. And when I say we, in that sense, I'm talking about, of course, the native people of Guam. You know, so I'm pretty sure she knows nothing about the abandonment that actually occurred. The fact that uh, military dependents and um, contractors were evacuated months before the Japanese attack. Uh, I'm pretty sure she doesn't even realize that the military knew that the attack was going to happen ahead of time, which is why they evacuated people. And I'm pretty sure she doesn't even know that um, the native, the people of Guam, uh, civilians, weren't even told that, you know, the evacuation was going on and why. You know, people were attending mass, people were at homes with their families, you know, whatnot, uh, when the attacks occurred unknowing of the the chaos that would ensue um so yeah i'm pretty sure she has no idea about those things and maybe if she did you know i want to go out on a limb and say that maybe she wouldn't have she wouldn't have said those things she wouldn't have made that gofundme account maybe she wouldn't have uh of um you know tried to build this hype for herself and you know make fun out of the north korea situation so yeah i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say that I don't think she would have done those things I hope I'm right um, but her her responses after the fact 
Um, you know, they say otherwise. So yeah, that, that's the context there. So um, a person who on the page goes by the name of Native. Um, yeah, that's not me, I swear. But he, he simply uh, posted, he shared a, a Wikipedia entry on uh, what I'm guessing is the definition of cowardice in the military. Acts of cowardice have long been punishable by military law, which defines a wide range of cowardly offenses, including desert desertion in face of the enemy and surrendering to the enemy against orders. The punishment for such acts is typically severe, ranging from corporal punishment to the death sentence. Hmm, this should extend to everyone. That is pretty, that's intense, man. Um, yeah. I I guess, you know, I want to say I agree with that, you know, if if that's your stance. I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, what is the military as an institution? Um, it's a war machine. It's, and how do you win wars? You kill people and you gain um, a physical, a strategic advantage. And um, I don't know, mm, definitely not moral. Um, maybe not even not even ideological, but it's definitely the physical advantage that makes uh, the, the difference and that weighs in on economics and uh, everything else, right? So yeah, the military is a war machine, whether or not you're a dependent or the active duty person yourself, you're contributing to, to the system, you're part of the war machine. So I mean, why should you be treated any differently than the people who are actually fighting on the ground, right? Even if, um, you know, throughout all of your husband or wife's uh, of duty, you know, even like shopping on base and, you know, just participating in, in consumerism, you know, going to the beach on weekends with your buddies, um, you know, you don't really see, you know, the violence that is inherent in, in the military. You don't take part in those things. You start to view yourself as separate but you're not really you're 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 part of there as you're there as part of a system of violence right so yeah i agree man okay and then we have an article we have a comment by isa bowman maybe it's time for francis delisai to write yet another article on the news media's complicity with the u.s imperialism are military wives above criticism or something yikes yeah so um there was another um aspect to that article. So that was actually an article that I wrote for the Guam Daily Post when I was still working there as a reporter. Um, God, and uh, I got a really short email response as to why they wouldn't publish it. And I thought it was total bullshit. Um, and if I can just summarize, you know, from, from memory, um, I was told that using this lady's, uh, I don't know, is she a lady? I don't know. This woman, she's definitely a woman. Uh, this woman's um, uh, response to the North Korea threats, creating this GoFundMe account, uh, using that as a jumping off point to talk about the World War II abandonment was, and I quote, wrong, period. Just wrong. It was wrong to do that. You know, that's my history, you know, to be told that my history and expressing frustration with my history and how um, prejudice uh, continues today is wrong. That was like one of many instances where I knew why I had to leave. 
you know um yeah and it goes beyond bias you know and i you know the article itself if you read it you know i i come from uh, multiple perspectives there um yeah maybe maybe what the lady did was just really fucked up you know so they didn't publish the article but that's okay because what we do at native perspectives is we decolonize the media and um we we shouldn't now nowadays we should not expect mainstream media to to tell the truth to to represent us we should not expect them to do that this is something that we're going to have to do ourselves and uh, that's something that i try to do with native perspectives you know so yeah i went ahead and i published it on on the blog and it gained some traction there and i'm I'm glad okay and then of course uh, we return to john mesa oh and yeah so i mean going back to isa's isa's comment um francis delisai he's a media scholar um now teaching at the university of guam and uh he he wrote uh, an article i think in like 2010 or 12 about uh the spiral of silence and how mainstream media refusing to talk about um the negative aspects of the military buildup uh, sort of encourages people to to not want to talk about those things either and how the the perspectives that the mainstream media corporations on Guam take you know those sort of uh set the set the tone for what um the uninformed people of Guam uh think as well so yeah thank you Isa then John Mesa of course what a bias article um really quickly I just want to say that um is there bias maybe uh but there's bias also in mainstream media as well um they they will deny that and they can do that because their bias is um the bias of the 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 power the 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 system that's in power um they share a dominant perspective a dominant ideology and that's pro-dependency pro-colonialism um yeah so the the mainstream media has has an inherent bias um yeah hold on i need to pee so yeah i mean I don't know what what standard John Mesa is using uh, for bias, you know, or unbiased uh, work, you know, but he obviously doesn't know what Native Perspectives is about. Um, yeah, Native, Native Perspectives, I'll go on the record saying this, Native Perspectives is a counter-narrative um, creative project um it's a critical we um native perspectives represents critical uh inquiry critical views on current events on social issues um and there is a tendency to agree with uh anti-colonial perspectives and uh anti-fascism 
and the the whole gamut the full gamut of those things you know uh why because this is a perspective that uh isn't represented by mainstream media on guam and um and in other parts of the colonial pacific <clears throat> i can say that with confidence uh like i said earlier i mean we we should no longer expect mainstream media to represent our perspectives and when i say our i mean the native people of guam i am a chamorro i am indigenous um and i do not feel that um my perspective is shared by um by the mainstream media and i it's definitely not a dominant perspective and that's problematic because we live on indigenous land but i don't know these these corporations the people the managing editors of these publications um they seem to have forgotten that they've bought into this uh this uh faux american dream this uh this false promise of of equality you know and um they fail to realize that uh, i mean you know native people are erased um the rights of native people are erased and um the the well-being of native peoples is not encompassed by things like um civil rights you know and more often than not those are things uh that are used to uh further oppress native peoples i mean just like like we saw with the the whole dave davis case you know they'll they'll use civil rights against the people of guam to to maintain power and if they say that uh white people and other settlers to guam can vote in a plebiscite meant to um restore justice to the native people of guam then they'll do that by any means um just to ensure their dominance their power and uh the media buys into that into that perspective and we see it with um how much uh how much attention how much credibility they give to people like Dave Davis himself or even Paul Zerzan Jesus Christ even after the Latexan hearing where he uh uh verbally abused a um I don't know, Starlet Cruz, like 16 or 17 year old girl, he verbally abused her at the legislature and then went on the record to testify at that same hearing. And even even that incident, incident um, the media still gives him attention. He still gets a, a, to publish opinion articles in the Guam Daily Post. What the fuck, man? So, yeah, John Mesa. Is Native Perspectives biased? Um, sort of. But you should already come expecting that when you read a native perspectives piece to to read an alternative perspective okay <sighs> all right so there's another article here by <laughs> pookie pie <laughs> that's cool um yeah I'll, I'll just read her response him or her i mean it could be a dude whose uh email is pookie pie at yahoo.com so whatever <clears throat> do you live on earth you could be bombed out of existence any day it doesn't matter where you live you could be hit by some disaster or another plague pestilence or or weather tragedy earthquakes and well anything really 
I went where the government told us to go during my husband's tour of duty. I went without family support during family emergencies. I can commiserate with this military wife, but where does she want to go? Will she want to go back after the emergency is over? Will she expect all of us to chip in to move her and her kids around the world again, outside of the planned trips they send her husband on? Where was she when my mom died while we were overseas? When the government refused to ship her belongings back home? When her family heirlooms, antique bedroom sets, her photo albums or her clothes, and accoutrement had to be shipped at our expense at top dollar from England? We all have problems and live... We all have problems living on an American military installation has its rewards and its risks. Suck it up, buttercup. So at first, when I was uh, glancing over that, I thought she was criticizing me and um, my criticism of the military wife. But it turns out that she herself is uh, either a military wife or a military dependent um, who is also pointing fingers at, at this lady who who created the uh, GoFundMe account. And actually, uh, there are a lot of other military wives um, just on social media comments who thought she was a bit silly, um, that she was in the wrong for doing this. And I, I tried to, um, to convey those perspectives as well in my article, and that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for um, mainstream media, I guess. But yeah, so one thing, I, I appreciate that comment. Thank you, Pookie Pie. Uh, I can't say that with a straight face, but I, I appreciate that perspective, really. But one thing I want to point out here, too, is that um, this is not a military installation. Um, this is an indigenous island. This is an indigenous archipelago. Um, there are indigenous people here. Um, there is a military installation here, uh, but it's on stolen land, you know, so I appreciate your comment. I, I just want to add on that um, there are people here who don't have the luxury of, you know, leaving the island if something like uh, a nuclear bomb was to, was to hit Guam, you know. Myself, uh, my family, hundreds of thousands of other uh, uh, Native people on Guam, and even non-native uh, settlers, uh, Filipinos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there are people here who don't have that luxury. You know, we don't get to leave. We're here. We want to be here. Our roots are here. We don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Um, yeah. So, I just want to point that out. Thank you, Pookie Boy. Okay, okay, Rob Camacho, are you the photographer? the photographer Rob Camacho. Okay, he was he commented on the respect the military article. I'm going to I'm just going to read his his uh comment. Uh being a former veteran and knowing that there are currently thousands of Chamorros who served and are currently ser- serving in the military, this is a true disgrace to talk in this manner. Yes, there is a history of terrible violations of our rights and uh, as an island people, but we have come a long way from that terrible history, have we? Those brave and honorable local service members who have died serving this country are not part of those injustices, and to paint them in this broad brush is not right and dishonoring their name. Ooh. So, hi, Day. First of all, I'm a little disappointed uh, because if this is Rob Camacho, the photographer, he's expressed some form of uh, solidarity with uh, the uh, members of uh, Putahila Texan. 
And as I understand, he even offered to uh, photograph some events. But I seriously question his uh, intent. I mean, I, I don't know. Are you just trying to gain, like, get more photos to publish a, a storybook or some shit? Um, that's a little insensitive, you know, if that's what you're trying to do without actually understanding these issues. Um, yeah, man. I know what you're trying to say. I get it. Um, my grandpa was in the 101st Airborne in Vietnam. Uh, my father joined the army as well. I have a history of, uh, of military service in my family. I have cousins that are officers in, in the, in the army, you know, but I mean, I don't think this is dishonoring them, you know, first we have to acknowledge, we, we have to think about, you know, why there is such a high enlistment rate of Chamorros and other Pacific Islanders in the military. First of all, you know, why did so many people, uh, why do you, okay. Why to this day, why do so many Chamorros feel compelled to join the military? And to, quote-unquote, serve their country, serve their island, you know? <clears throat> Does it have anything to do with um, the, uh, the heavily resourced uh, military marketing campaigns? Does it have anything to do with the uh, military, military uh, outreach events that happen at, uh, at middle schools and uh, high schools around Guam? Even, even elementary schools, man. Uh, my daughter came home last week saying how Americans in uniform, in uh, military uniform, came to her school, she's a kindergartner, um, to talk about drugs and how drugs are bad. I think it was the whole dare thing. But yeah, you know. So, I mean, there's this presence here and it's something that, uh, like myself, people like myself, uh, like you, I'm sure, you you mentioned you're a veteran, this is something that we were exposed to. It's an idea. It's an ideology um, that we were exposed to. Okay. So, I mean, culturally, you know, I guess this has occurred uh, since uh, Spanish colonization as well. But, I mean, when you, when you dominate over, over Native men in combat... Um, through the uh, Spanish Chamorro Wars, um, and you tell them that uh, masculinity equals um, serving the Spanish Empire, um, you know, and the only way to do that is to ju- is to become a soldier, you know, and that's how you gain agency. You get money. You have to participate in um, in a cash economy now, you know. Then you're going to join the military, right, to express your your masculinity and to gain some sort of agency for yourself and for your family, right? And the same thing happens to this day. I mean, um, if you're told from, from childhood that uh, this is how, this is what's important, you need to serve your country, you need to serve your island, this is how you do it, you join the military. Oh, and hey, you know what? Um, if, you, if you join the military, we'll help you pay for college, right? You know, because college is so expensive, Okay, uh, it turns out it doesn't even really work like that, and I've heard from from multiple sources as well that um, you know even if they didn't want to participate in violence, you know, you do just by joining. 
um, even if they didn't want to participate in violence, they didn't want to join the infantry, whatever, they did it so that they could pay for college, um, their payout, uh, or their contribution, the military contribution to their college education was, was barely sufficient. So they still had to pay for these things anyway. Um, so it's all, it's all a recruitment scheme. Um, and a lot of it has to do with socioeconomics. What about instead of investing so much money in the military, why don't why doesn't America just make uh education free, you know, or why isn't healthcare free, you know, why isn't healthcare universal? Why do we have to? Why is it that the best chance that we have at survival is joining the military? Why does it have to be that? Okay, so I mean I hope to to continue this discussion, Rob. Uh, or Bob, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's important that, um, I mean, I'm not the only one, obviously, there, there's uh, countless other veterans out there who feel wronged by the military, and to think that um, these uh, wrongdoings exist only in the past is, uh, that's just a naivete, <laughs> honestly, um, I don't think uh, your perspective is fully decolonized yet, you know? Um, yeah, the wrongdoings are here, man. They exist here in the present. They're happening right now. Um, the military is planning to do them in the very near future. There's uh, no sign of it um, coming to an end, and that's why we need to fight. We need to resist that urge to, to buy into um, the hoax that is... Uh, you know, the military complex. So, yeah. Anyway, those are the comments for this week. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I have some work to do now. Darn. Uh, but, yeah, I I mean, I, I really appreciate, I appreciate all of these comments, honestly. Native perspectives, I'm out.